Welcome to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. In chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 11, God tells the prophet, So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Standing on this promise, T.D. Stubblefield Ministries is committed to sharing biblical principles with individuals, families, churches, communities, and our world, believing that only the Word of God can advance us in God's perfect plan for our lives, where we can experience liberating faith, lasting hope, and unconditional love in a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Dr. T.D. Stubblefield with today's Advancing Word. There's a passage this morning the Lord has uh, laid up on my heart from the book of Romans, chapter 7, beginning at verse 14, through chapter 8, verse 1. Let's begin in verse 14 of chapter 7. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that did I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God out of the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God but with the flesh the law of sin. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Amen. May the Lord bless his word. I want to preach uh, this morning about winning the war within. There is another war raging. Casualties and costs continue to mount. Multitudes have been wounded on the battlefield. Families have been decimated. Our lives have been devastated. Roadside bombs and hidden blasts have maimed and mangled many in this war. There is no sign of a ceasefire. There is no indication that there is going to be a drawdown or at some point in the near future, a cessation of conflict. I have to tell you this morning that every Christian is involved in this conflict. It's not geographical. It's not political. It's not ethnic. But it is spiritual. It is not a war without. But it is a war within. Apostle Paul is a seasoned veteran of this struggle. He's not a pacifist, 
but he's a realist. In fact, when you read Paul in the New Testament, you get some sense that he is, by all accounts, a warmonger. His chronicles of the war in this passage before us and many other passages in the New Testament are up close and personal. They are intimate accounts of his own experience. For he's not a spectator. He's not a bystander. He's not watching a recording. He's sharing what he has experienced. Listen to his compelling words. Just, just a few of them from some important points in the scripture. Listen to him talk about the invasion. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered the world and death by sin. So death has passed upon all men for all have sinned. Talk about the warfare, the armaments. He says, for the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Listen to him talk about his conduct in battle, he said, I therefore run not as uncertainly, so fight as not one that beat up the air. But I have to keep my own body in subjection, lest the things I preach to others, I become a castaway. Finally, he said, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for we wrestle a fight not against flesh and blood but against powers and principalities, rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. Even at the end of his life, he still got the fight on his mind. He said, I fought. I have fought a good fight. I kept the faith. I finished the course and henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord shall give to all of those who love his appearing. Paul said, I press on toward the mark of the prize. The high calling in Christ Jesus, that's perfection. But the pursuit of it must be balanced with realism and humility in this struggle or else we'll be destined to defeat and to disillusionment and to discouragement. If you really leave up out of here thinking you're going to win every fight in every battle, you're going to be disappointed. And if somebody tell you they have, they have lied and the truth is not in them. Perhaps this is what G.K. Chesterton, great Christian apologist, had in mind when he said, the Christian ideal has not been found tried and wanting. It has been found difficult and untried. It's a battle. Because there is a war within. 
and in perhaps the most intimate and personal of all the passages that he writes in the New Testament, Paul draws clear distinctions between the man he wanted to be, the man he was, and the man he would become through the grace of God. So this passage make affirmations about the war within. Y'all want to hear them this morning? First of all, the passage reminds us that the war within cannot be won with human reason. Cannot be won with human reason. Look at verse 15. It says, For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If you have an NIV, allow is no. For that which I do, I know not. Some translation says, for that which I do, I understand not. You have to understand the profundity, how awesome this statement is in light of the fact that we're looking at a man whose academic credentials are impeccable. And when he thinks about his own behavior and the times he's come up short, he says, a man who had the equivalence of three PhD degrees, he says, I don't understand. He says, I don't, I don't understand. This war within defies human reason. You can't win it with human reason. I've heard it in adults when they're challenged about their misconduct or their misbehavior or their sin or their wrongdoing. They'll say this, I wasn't thinking. I've been complicit in that. I just wasn't thinking. It defies human reason. And as I thought about it, it occurred to me that this not knowingness is at the center of our spiritual struggles. It's a reason why the tree of prohibition was called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because when Adam and Eve partook of it, what happened is they knew the good but couldn't do it. And then they knew the evil but couldn't stop it. Just try it out with a child. Just put on a door, don't go in here. Don't even put a sign. Just tell the child, don't go in the room. Just walk up to the door and say, listen, honey, don't go in this room. There's something inside of us that defies human reason. When the Lord said, don't do it. It's not the lack of intelligence. But the Bible says more knowledge brings more anguish. The Lord said to the woman of Samaria, her problem was not knowing that she'd had five husbands and was shacking up with her brother. And he said to her, if you knew, if you only knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for water, you would ask of him living water, water that will not dry up. So my brothers and sisters, the war Within cannot be won with human reason. Paul said, I don't know. But it cannot be won with human resolve either. In the second movement of the text, Paul says, and look at it, 
in verse 18, he says, For I know that is in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present in me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. Paul says, and isn't it true of all of us, and that's why I reject any interpretation of this being Paul's experience before Damascus. Because it sounds too much like what you and I have to deal with. Paul says, I have a desire. I have a will. And the word that's used is not emotional desire that fluctuates, that's uncertain, that's erratic, but desire based on clear, objective thinking. He says, I have a desire. I have a determination. I have a desirability to do what is right but I don't do it. And he goes on to say, for the good I would, I do not, but the evil I would not that I do. Paul talks about this same issue in Galatians 5 and 17. He says, for the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not know what you want. Every day we fight a battle. Spirit of God moving us one way. Lust of the flesh, lust of eyes, and the pride of life moving us the other way. We are the chairman of the board because anytime you have a tie vote, the board chair must always cast the vote. And every day of your and my life, we have to cast the vote. And so when the flesh went out, don't say mama made me do it. Don't say I grew up in a dysfunctional family. And don't even dare to say the devil made me do it. Because all that happened is you sided with the majority. The ancient philosophers understood the struggle. Plato had a metaphor of a charioteer pulled by one horse that was white and another horse that was black. The white horse had a long neck, was well-bred and well-behaved and did not need a whip. But the dark horse was mangled, short neck, badly bred and troublesome. The charioteer represented intellect and reason. The white horse represented our good passions. And the dark horse represented our dark passions. Represented our irrational appetites and, and our sinful desires. And this charioteer was always struggling to try to control the horses who were in perpetual struggle. Another way of looking at it is a more common metaphor. This civil war inside of us it's like two pit bulldogs in a fight and somebody said, who wins? And the answer is the one you feed the most. My question is, who you feeding today? You cannot win the war within with human resolve. Just saying that I am not going to do it will not get the job done. I'm not telling you not to have determination, not to have a desire to do the right thing. 
But you and I have to realize that that alone will not secure the victories. Because of the third thing in the text, Paul says the war within cannot be won with human resources. Look what he says down at the end of the passage. He says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? In other words, Paul thought about his reason and intellect. He thought about his resolve and his determination. He looked at all his resources and he said, I'm afflicted and bankrupt. I don't have enough resources to win this battle on my own. He says, as he cries out in desperation, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? I want you to know today, it's not a great tragedy when we come to an end of ourselves. When we come to the place where we can acknowledge that God, I can't make it by myself. That's not a bad place to be. Or when our disappointments and our frustrations, our lack of understanding, our lack of resolve leads us to a place where all we can do is stretch out on God. That's not a bad thing. When we get to a place when all we can do is say, Father, I stretch my hand to thee. No, no other help I know. If thou withdraw thyself from me, where can I go? That's the place that Jacob got to when after all his slipping and sliding, after all his shucking and jiving, after all his cunning and conniving, here comes Esau and he's outmanned and he's outgunned. All he can say, if you don't bless me, I won't let you go. And so he wrestled with the Lord all night until he got a blessing. When you and I get to an end of ourselves and we have nowhere else to turn, we'll be like Jacob in that situation. Lord, I'm not going to let you go. We won't be worried about praying cute. We won't be worried about conjugating our verbs. We won't be worried about what anybody else will do. We'll stretch out on God and say, Lord, you got to make a way, not just somehow. You've got to make a way anyhow. I've been there and I've done that when I couldn't help myself. And I just stretch out on God, asking him to give me strength, asking him to give me power. It's the same place that Job arrived at when he was bereft of human support and everybody he knew who cared about him had walked out of his life and he had nowhere else to turn. And he said, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. And he said, all the appointed days, I'm going to wait till my change come. You ever got to the place where you just wait till your change come? You've tried everything you know how to do. You've done everything you know to do. But all you can do is wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and believe he'll strengthen your heart. This battle within, this war within cannot 
be won with human reason. It cannot be won with human resolve. It cannot be won with human resources. That's why I like the way Paul ends this passage. He says, I thank God through Christ Jesus our Lord. And then he goes on to say, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in the spirit who walk not after the flesh. You see, all Paul is acknowledging is that his spiritual life is in recession. His spiritual life is in depression. So many times he comes up short of what God would have him to do. He says, the good I would do, I do not. The evil I would not do that I do. What he asked God for is a stimulus package. What I need this morning in the midst of my spiritual drought, uh, what I need this morning in the midst of my spiritual recession, what I need when I'm all by myself, what I need when I make mistakes, uh, what I need when I come short is a stimulus package. My stock has declined. Uh, I need a stimulus package. Uh, My portfolio has reduced. I need a stimulus package. The future is uncertain sometimes. I needed a stimulus package. Well, I'm almost through. I searched the Word of God and I tried to find a stimulus package for those of us who are in the battle. I tried to find a stimulus package for those who are in this war within. I tried to find a stimulus package to encourage the church to run on. I tried to find a stimulus package to inspire leaders today and I found it over in Matthew. It's a wonderful stimulus package. When I read the package, I got excited this morning. You know what it said? He said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. Upon this rock, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against his church. I'm a winner today, not because of what I've done, not because of what I'm doing. I'm a winner today because he said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I can't win with reason. I can't win with resource. I can't win or know with resolve. But I can win with a heavenly redeemer. A not human reason. A not human resolve. A not human resources. But heavenly redeemer. I ought to have a witness. And he went on to say in the stimulus package, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. And those keys are so powerful that what you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. I do have a witness. Are you ready to do some binding? You tried everything you could to make it right. You see, the problem many people have, the reason they're upset and disappointed, frustrated and disillusioned is they're using the wrong key. You can't use the material key. Can't use the intellectual key. Can't use the societal key. Can't use the good time key. You got to pick up the key that Jesus gave us. Uh, Do I have a witness? I want to give you an illustration. I was on my way uh, to my daughter's house uh, in Pflugerville, Texas uh, to spend a little time uh, with my children. uh, And I was on my way uh, from the airport uh, and I got a voicemail uh, from my daughter. Said, Daddy, we had to work today, uh, but that's all right. Uh, I left the key 
uh, at the house. Uh, she told me uh, uh, where the key was. Uh, she said, now, uh, when you get to the house, uh, just pick up the key uh, and go on in the house. Uh, said, Daddy, I cooked some food. Uh, everything's all right. Uh, use any room uh, that you want to use. Uh, everything in the house uh, is open to you. Uh, I'm so glad uh, you came to see me, Daddy. I thought about it, uh, and I thought about Jesus uh, when he died uh, on Calvary's cross. Uh, when he died on Calvary's cross, uh, he took off a key uh, from his grace key ring and said, I'm going to leave it for my child. And when I'm in a fight, uh, I go to my father's house, uh, pick up the key, uh, open the door, uh, and walk in the house. Uh, I do have a witness uh, in my father's uh, in my father's house. You see, my daughter wouldn't just give a key uh, to anybody, uh, but the reason I got the key uh, is I got a relationship. I do have a witness, uh, and the key Jesus gave me, I got that key, uh, cause one Friday on an old rugged cross, uh, he died for me. Yes, he did. What I'm saying about Friday night, uh, that's when it became real for me, because a little boy took the preacher's hand and gave Jesus his heart. And when the way gets dark, when the road gets rough, I pick up the key, unlock the door, walk in the house. I found peace in that house. I found joy in that house. I found victory in that house. I found hope in that house. You ought to check your keys. Some of you got a key to your car, key to the house, key to the office, key to your safe deposit box, but you won't ever win this fight till you pick up the keys of the kingdom and say, what you pound on earth shall be pound in heaven. Has he got all power? Has he got all power? Is he able? Is he able? What I can't do, Jesus can do. Is he able? Is he able? He's able. I picked up when reason failed me, when resolve failed me, when resources failed me. I picked up the key, walked in the house, said I'm more than a conqueror through Christ that loved me. I picked up the key, walked in the house, and said they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Picked up the key, walked in the house, said in my father's house. Picked up the key, walked in the house. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Picked up the key, walked in the house, said my God shall supply all my needs. Picked up the key, walked in the house. You have been listening to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. We pray that you have been encouraged with what your ears have heard and your hearts have felt. Explore our website at tdstubblefield.org for more information about us and to obtain resources provided by T.D. Stubblefield Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and remember to stop stressing and start stepping, advancing in faith, hope, and love 
by reading and applying the Word of God so you can stand on certain truth for uncertain times.